after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be a shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. We're going to read from the Bible again. Twice in one day. Yep, twice in one day. There's going to be a theme that we've just sung about. It's this theme of worship that the Magi teach us a lot about. And we're going to go all the way forward, past Matthew, to the book of 1 Corinthians. And I want to read to you a few sentences from the first chapter. It's on the screen again. This is what a man called Paul, who uh, Jesus showed himself to in a remarkably unique and special way. Let me read to you a few sentences from 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18. Paul's thinking about the world. He's writing to a church that's proud, a church that think they know the truth. And they're very puffed up, a bit like a puffer fish. If you watch Nemo, they're very puffed up to look impressive. And this is what Paul writes to them. Verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written... I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand miraculous signs and Greeks look for wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. 
But to those who God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Now I know because I asked you yesterday, because I saw you yesterday, because we're in this very strange period where we've had two services, one after the other. It's like buy one, get one free, but better. I know that some of you got toys, and some of the toys you got, whether it be a phone, it's not quite a toy, but it's uh, a phone, or whether you've got an electronic toy like a nightlight or um, something that moves on the ground. Some of you got toys that had batteries in them. Some of you... uh, got uh, new presents that were clothes, perhaps made from bamboo or cotton or something like that. Um, But did anyone get the best present of all, which is a book? Did anyone get a book of any sort? Mr Drury, what book did you get? I got loads. Loads. (laughs) Give me two. Um, Peter the Latvian, which is the um, uh, main great book. Right. Now that's a good one. I've seen that before. That's very, very interesting. Did you get a book? What did you get? Brilliant. So you got some electronic things, got some books. Do you get some books, Bertie? Um, I got a Harry Potter one. Yes. Which one? Um, Lovely. Good story. Sam, what did you get? The newest diary of a wimpy kid. Now look, has anyone got any of these books in my bag? The bag was so popular yesterday, I bought it back. Has anyone seen this? It's the last time we go to duty free, I assure you. Um, has anyone seen this book before? This is a wonderful book. Deborah Drury's seen it. Is this a wonderful book? The Paddington one is better. Okay, this is a wonderful book about the Jolly Postman because there's letters inside that you can take out. It's very, very interesting. Has anyone got this book? Book on animals. Harry's got this. Livia's got this, even though she's a vegetarian. This, um, she's got a book on animals. There's loads of knowledge you can find in books, whether it be about the Jolly Postman, or I'll stand them up in front of me, or about animals. Has anyone got this book? This is a great one for kids. This is the su- structure of scientific revolutions by Thomas Kuhn. It's a book about metaphysics and there's no pictures in it. I had to read it at college. I just thought I'd bring it to show off because you have to read big books when you're at college. Has anyone got this? is the best book of all. Has anyone got this? Thoughts to make your heart sing. This is a super book because it tells you about the wisdom, not of the world, but the wisdom of God. It tells you the the Christmas story and the Easter story and the whole story of God's good, gracious, kind dealings with his people and his world. I'll stand that one up as well. Boys and girls, we're thinking this morning about the fourth characters in the adventure of Christmas. We've thought about Mary, we've thought about Joseph and all the risks he took, the obedience of Mary. We've thought about the shepherds and their worshipping God even though they're dirt under their fingernails and they're hot and sticky, we thought about them last week. This morning we're thinking about the last characters and they are the Magi. They are the Magi. You can learn so much by googling facts. 
You can learn so much about uh, the world from books and listening to people on podcasts and uh, by watching wonderful documentaries on uh, whatever platform you pay for on the internet or on the TV. But you know what? These magi, they were the cleverest people in the world 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, the people who thought they knew the most about the world were the wise men, the magi. They were probably people, well, we met them last Sunday, if you were here, for the brilliant family service. Do you remember? We saw people looking through telescopes. The magi were most likely to be people who looked to the stars to understand the world. And in the stars, they saw chocolate bars. Do you remember the chocolate bars that they saw floating up in the stars? They saw a galaxy chocolate bar. These gags do not get old. They saw a Mars bar. They saw Mars floating in the sky. They even saw, last one, a Twix. No, they saw the Milky Way in the night sky. The jokes never get too tired. But these magi, who we read about in Matthew chapter 2, they studied books. They studied the stars. They read long scrolls. And so when people wanted answers, they would go to the wise men of the time. They would go to the Magi and they would try to understand what was happening in their world because they were the cleverest people. They were the professors. They would have taught other people how the world was made and so on. But these wise men who we read about in Matthew chapter 2, they were so wise that as they look up into the heavens, they saw a star and they knew what was happening uh, in the world because they read scrolls and they followed the star. And they followed it not for a few hours, not for a journey. They followed it for days and weeks and a really, really long time. They were so determined to see what the star revealed that they journeyed through dust and heat and sunshine and darkness to find where the star was. And they were so excited when they got there because there wasn't chocolate bars in the night sky. When they came and found the one that the star pointed to, they found a person whose name is Jesus. And they were so excited, they did not say, hey, can I give you some parenting advice? They did not say, we're so clever. We've got such huge minds. We'd love to share with you some facts before Google is created. They did not say, here is Wikipedia on a scroll. What they said, I'm increasing my voice just to avoid distraction from the outer darkness. What they said was, we're going to put all our knowledge to one side and we're going to bow before a baby. Now that's remarkable. They didn't show off. They didn't give advice. They worshipped. And I want us to think about the one whom they worshipped and what we can learn from them. But first of all, I just want to tell you something quick. Do you know the wisdom of this world that you can read in books, that you can Google, that you can listen to from teachers who are clever, that you can listen to from your parents? The wisdom of this world, just before we get to the Bible, quick thing. The wisdom of this world is dated. Here's some pictures of people that did not have the best Christmas day. uh, Hopefully this is not taken in your home. There is someone up at the top who's saying, did you really think this Christmas jumper was the best choice? 
we'll have words later. Hope you got the receipt. There's someone who's having a bit of a meltdown in the middle there, and, and there's a lovely picture of a girl who's uh, maybe looking into a box and thinking, this is not what I wanted. Hopefully you did not have those conversations as adults yesterday. I really hope you didn't have them as boys and girls as well. But do you know what? Adult, just put your hand up silently. Is there someone in your home who you love, who you bought a gift for yesterday and they played with it yesterday, but even today it's slightly out of date? Is there anyone? Hopefully that's not, no hands are up. If you're at home, no hands are up and hopefully there's no hands up at home as well. But you know what? Sometimes, really quickly, presents that you've put a lot of thought in, a lot of uh, 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 steps to get, or Amazon have bought it from somewhere, you put a lot of energy into this gift. And do you know what? They don't last that long. They get outdated. If, if you've got a PlayStation number 65, number 66 comes out. And do you know what? If you've got a certain uh, style of the things, I buy are timeless, as you can see. But sometimes, fa- sometimes fashion gets out of date. And so you need to buy classics from charity shops like me. Do you know what? These wise men, these magi who looked through their telescopes, who got wisdom from the stars, who read information from scrolls, who were the top set, who were top of their class, who would have taught other people, their wisdom gets really quickly outdated. Boys and girls, I'm going to tell you a story, and it's a true story, and uh, it's the small print of life. So you need to pin back your ears. When you're little hopefully you realise that your people who who look after you, your grandparents and your teachers and your parents, I hope you realise, boys and girls, that when you're little, your loved ones, they know absolutely everything there is to know. They have all wisdom and they have all knowledge. They know how to live and you can go to them and you can ask anything. But as you grow up, you start to realise that although your parents who you love know lots, they don't know everything. There are some things that they need to say, why don't you go and get a book out about that? Why don't you go and Google that? When you get to age 18 or even 16, you start to think, there is a lot my parents don't know. In fact, they don't know very much at all. (laughs) But when you get to 21 and you settle down, you think, actually, my parents know a whole lot. I wish I'd listened to them more. Do you know something? Wisdom, wisdom of the world, it has a time stamp on it. There's someone whom I love. She bought, <laughs> she bought a load of goods into our house that had a questionable date on them. <laughs> she said, the date, some of these things are out of date, but I know that you can use them more readily than I can. And if you don't want them, I'll take them away. That's my mum. She bought a bag of goodies and that we're going to enjoy eating. And if we're not here next Sunday, that's because they were too far out of date. <laughs> but do you know what? Uh, The wisdom of the world is dated. Technology gets dated really quickly. Presents lose their joy really quickly. And the wisdom of the world is dated really quickly. It gets out of old. It gets old. It gets out of date. And so the wisdom that the wise men had, that the magi had, that they got from the stars and they got from the scrolls, it was never going to last. It's only so good. What do I mean? Well, let's look at the Bible together. The wisdom of this world is old, and the wisdom of this world, the Bible teaches us, is not enough. It's not enough. Now, quiz question, and you need some help. There are four faces you should should know. There are two faces that are just from the internet that you should not know. 
because they're just general pictures. But do you know, top left, who that lady is? If you do, it is a remarkable skill that you have. Do you know who this very clever lady is? She's a professor and she was in charge of the team at Oxford that made the first vaccine, I, I believe, for uh, COVID-19. That is Professor Sarah, I'm looking down on my notes, Professor Sarah Gilbert. I recognise Sarah at Wimbledon, um, but I forgot her name. That's Professor Sarah Gilbert, remarkably clever lady. Does anyone know who's putting their tongue out? Bottom left-hand corner, Livia. Albert Einstein. Einstein, you're obviously on first name terms. Albert Einstein. Who is musically very clever in the middle at the bottom of the screen? Who's that? We've got a hand on the front row here. I think that's Hans Zimmer. That is Hans Zimmer. Um, who's that lady top right hand corner who's very clever as well? One person knows. We're going to go to the back row. Amal Clooney. That's Amal Clooney. Do you know what she does? She's a human rights lawyer, I think. Those other two people, are, uh, there's an engineer at the top and, and there's a very clever person, bottom right-hand corner, or they've dressed up so like Peabody and Sherman and they put some chalk marks on behind them on the board. What's interesting is this. You know the wise men that we're going to look at now? By the time we look at verse 1 and verse 2 of Matthew's Gospel, that's Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, they've seen a star in their sky, in the sky, and they're following. They've gone on this journey through... Uh, uh, sandy landscape and, and through rocks and crags and they're looking for where the star will take them. Do you know the wisdom of the world will only, always and only take you so far but you need the wisdom of God to take you home. That's what they teach us. Look at uh, verse 2. The star appears for the first time and they make a connection in their mind from verse 1 and 2 of Matthew's Gospel they show up in Jerusalem and they ask this question, verse 1 and into verse 2 of Matthew chapter 2. They say, where is the king? Where is the king who we've heard about? Where is the king who we're longing to meet? The star did not take them to Jerusalem, but they put two and two together. Look at verse 5. From their own reason and their own thinking, I'm convinced that they read some of the scrolls of Micah and Isaiah, they connected Bethlehem to the star and the longing of the king that was commonly known, there was a longing for the king in the scrolls of the time that a king would come but they just didn't know where the king would come. Look at verse 5, there's an Old Testament prophet that they listened to. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd, that's a way of leading my people Israel. The teachers of the Bible were thinking, where would this king come from? The thinkers of the time knew that a king was expected, which is why with King Herod, boo hiss, why he was so nervous and scared, because he wanted to retain the kingly throne. And there was another king who was threatening to take it off him, so he wanted to get rid of everyone who threatened him. But the wisdom of the world only takes you so far. It can never take you home. It takes God to reveal himself to the human heart and for anyone, boy or girl, man or woman, to become a Christian. I mean, Chris prayed really helpfully. It doesn't matter where it's the issue of poverty. There are so many poor people in the world, boys and girls, aren't there? 
There's so many poor people who don't have homes to live in. There are so many people who are charity like Crisis at Christmas, who does a wonderful job, or the Salvation Army, or uh, charities in Epsom and Newell and Stoneleigh and Chesington and to the ends of the UK. They're doing all they can at this time to give them a hot meal and clothes. It's important to support people like that. But the wisdom of the world will never deal with the real problem that we face. It's the problem of the human heart. The wisdom of the world can't deal with that. The wisdom of the world can only take you so far. Albert Einstein, a brilliant man, it's what's called, boys and girls, God's common grace. Brilliant mathematician. Amal Clooney, brilliant human rights lawyer. Hans Zimmer, brilliant artist in the field of music. And there are so many brilliant men and women, like Professor Sarah Gilbert, who used all her skills to try and create a vaccine with a team under her authority. But only the grace of God can deal with the real problem that the worldly wisdom will never be able to solve. And it's the problem of the human heart. The wisdom of the world is not enough. Only God can show us true wisdom. Only God can show us true wisdom. Look down at verse 10 and verse 11. What do the wise men need to see the true wisdom of God? When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They've been travelling so long. They've been looking at the stars and working it out. They've, they've heard rumours and they were looking for the king. And then they had to avoid and use their guile and skill set to keep their heads on their necks. Verse 10 and 11, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Boys and girls, what does worship look like? from the Magi, from the astronomers who looked at the stars, with all the wisdom of the world, what does it mean to worship? What does it mean to live for someone else? What did the wise men do? The wise men, the Magi, the astronomers, they fell on their knees. They didn't just say, how'd you do? They didn't just get off their camels and offer them some food. They fell on their knees. They probably would have been well respected. They probably would have had nice clothes on. What did they do? They fell on their knees. They got their knees dirty. They got in the dirt and the muck of this house, verse 10, where they went to see the baby. And they didn't just get on their knees, they offered gifts. Now, it doesn't mean that there are three wise men, actually, but there are three gifts. And they come down to this extraordinary baby and they present him with very valuable gifts. Now that's what you would have done, boys and girls, to, to kings. If you went to meet a king, you would have taken a gift. That's what you would have done if you met someone who was more important than you. You would have taken a gift to give to them, to show how great they are. You take what's precious to you, this is what worship is, you take what's precious to you and you lay it at the feet of someone else. You take what's your very best and you do not hold on to it but you lay it at the feet of someone else. And they take gold and they take frankincense and they take myrrh, these really expensive things, and they lay it at the feet of a, of a baby. Now adults, this is for you. There is a man called J.C. Ryle. He was the Bishop of Liverpool. He wrote some books that help us to understand Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And he wrote a, a little book on this passage and this is what he said about what the Magi, the wise men, teach us about what worship is. 
a few sentences for you. The Magi, they saw no miracles to convince them. They heard no wise words out of his mouth. They saw nothing but a newborn infant on the lap of a poor woman. But they worshipped. J.C. Ryle says, No greater faith than this can be found in the whole volume of the Bible. Think about that. I mean, for someone in the Bible to become a Christian, they would have heard the Sermon on the Mount. They would have heard truth from the lips of Jesus. For someone to become a Christian in the Bible, they might have seen a miracle that Jesus performed. For someone to become a Christian in the Bible, they might have heard a sermon from Peter or from Paul. (coughs) Excuse me. But think about the Magi. They don't hear anything from the lips of Jesus. They don't see a miracle performed. And yet they worship him. And yet they worship him. It's remarkable. This is the truth for all of us. And I'm sure the Magi thought this as the truth was revealed to their hearts by the Spirit of God who prepared their hearts. They prepared room for him. The Holy Spirit prepared room in their hearts for him. This is what we've been looking for all our lives. I'm sure the wise men thought that. We've got all the wisdom of the world. I mean, why would they go looking for something if they already had it? Yeah? And why would we go looking for something if we have everything we need in the world? But the wise men came and worshipped Jesus because there is something they did not have that the wisdom of the world could not give them, that the riches of the world did not afford them, and yet they saw this reality in a babe and they came and worshipped him. Paul says in the book of 1 Corinthians to this church that's proud and puffed up, that think they have everything, Where is the wise man? Where's the scribe, someone who writes things down? Where's the philosopher, someone who thinks a lot of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? And then Paul immediately says, we preach Christ crucified. He was a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those who are called, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. The wise men went in, the Holy Spirit had prepared their hearts, and so they got down in the muck, presented gifts. They took what was precious to them, what was the most valuable thing they had to them, and they gave it away. That's what worship is. Giving your very best, your life, your heart, your resources, your energies, your affections, everything, your very life, to someone who is worth it. You cannot experience this by going home and looking at a tree, if you've got a tree up. You can't experience this by going home and looking at a nativity scene. You can only experience this by looking at the wisdom of God, that behind this crib, behind this house where the Magi went to worship Jesus, there is a cross that we celebrate at Easter because it's empty, because Jesus died and was raised again. On the cross we see God's wisdom displayed. We see the justice of God and the mercy of God come together. Do you know there are 364 days till Christmas? It's quite a long time to wait. But here's something I want to encourage you to do. Connect Christmas to Easter. That's how you can become a wise person today, a wise boy and girl. You become wise by understanding that behind the crib there is a cross. 
And the more and more you look at Jesus who hung upon that cross and, and died to rescue you, just like that man stuck in a cave yesterday. There's another article about him in the paper just yesterday. And if you see how lovely Jesus is and how, how wise God is in sending Jesus as our rescuer, do you know what will happen if you give him your all, if you give him your heart, if you give him your life, you'll receive the greatest gift and you'll be wiser than anyone else in this world. That's what Christmas is all about. And that's what the Magi can teach us. They see in Jesus the wisdom of God on display. A wisdom that never gets old and a wisdom that is absolutely all that we need.